Welcome to Ladies Who Launch, not your average business podcast. Dropping every other Wednesday, Alyssa and Dakota are two successful and opinionated marketing entrepreneurs engaging in insightful conversations with industry thought leaders, as well as casual conversations surrounding our lives as entrepreneurs. Welcome to this week's episode of Ladies Who Launch. Uh, we have Alyssa and Dakota back this week. Uh, so the two of us finally, um, well, we're not really in the same room, but we're back together, I guess you could say. Uh, but uh, we have a great guest this week, someone who's actually basically saves us on a bi-weekly basis with this podcast. And um, we're going to get into why he's so awesome in a second. But I have um, a rant this week. And it's not really, I mean, I guess it's kind of a business rant, but it's more about my disorganized existence. So my rant is why I can't get my act together just in organized life in any situation. So I had a medical appointment this week and I showed up and I didn't have my healthcare card with me. Oh no, I don't know why. It's always in my it's always in my wallet. I don't know where it was. And she's looking at me like, I'm just the biggest idiot. I like I got my whole wallet taken apart at the desk. And of course, it's like already super stressful anyway, because you're in the mask and like everybody's staring at you because like everyone's waiting six feet apart and you've created this whole now disaster and I couldn't find it. And I'm like, well, I don't have it here. And oh, blah. And she's like, it's okay. Just show me your driver's license and yada, yada, yada. So then I was like totally panicked after like through this whole driving home. I'm like, where is this stupid card and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I get home and it's in my wallet. I just had so many other stupid receipts and crap. Now I would like to note that my bookkeeper makes me keep all these receipts. And so it's really, let's just blame it on her. So I always have this pile of receipts in my wallet, but I'm like, Alyssa, why are you just continually a total hot mess? in your life when you leave the house and I'm supposed to be this business person and I cannot seem to get my act together on any level. So that's my rant today is more about me just being a complete tool than um, anything. (laughs) But then, yeah. Quick sidebar. First of all, why aren't you using receipt bank? I I do, but I have to keep them. I don't know. I let them pile up and then I do like 20 at a time in receipt bank. Again, see organizational issues. I don't know why I can't just do the receipt in receipt bank and then move on. No, I have a pile of them that I do like once a month in my wallet. And then I in turn to receipt bank. Cause because again, just a total hot mess. I should talk. I have like 50 receipts currently sitting in my office on my desk. The reason I'm in my kitchen right now, which only the two of you can see because we're on zoom um, is because I've decided I needed a change of scenery. And also my desk is an obliteration of disaster. So I think it's just uh too embarrassing to even show us your desk, right? Like, I get that. It is. My office is supposed to be nice. The kitchen. Anyways, we have a real treat for you guys today. Uh, we're super excited um, to have a guest today, uh, Alex Hoshhausen. Pretty close. Ho- Hochhausen or Alex H also works just great. I mean, I feel like I've never actually said your last name in the almost a year that I've known you. Yeah, it's possible. That, and there are people who've known me my whole life who can't say it. So that's fine. I've gotten over it. Perfect. I feel like my last name is weird too. Everybody always butchers it. Kid B. But uh, in any event, um, we love Alex because as Alyssa was saying, he saves our butts on a 
weekly basis as we try to put together our podcast. So when Alyssa and I started this podcast, um, we initially started it off in the dwellings of the Calgary Public Library um, downtown location. We decided that we were going to go down there um, on a weekly basis and record episodes in their pod in their podcasting and recording audio room, which was one of the most complicated and terrifying experiences I've probably ever endured. I remember Alyssa and I being locked in there for hours and hours and hours, literally not knowing what we were doing. Nobody could really help us because it was such a new room and nobody really knew what they were doing. So after some time, a really good buddy of mine who I used to work with, um, Ryan Phelan, who also has a really good podcast called Epic Phelan. You see what I did there? Pretty cool. Anyways, um, he introduced me to Alex, uh, who is the owner of Astronomic Audio. And Alex has, after nearly 15 years of experience in working with audio in a variety of applications, he founded Astronomic in 2018 to make podcast access- podcasting accessible to anyone. And honestly, Alex is the best possible person you could work with anywhere in the world to start a podcast. Not only does Alex put together Alyssa and my podcasts on a bi-weekly basis, he offered us coaching. He told us where to get all of our equipment. He helped us save money on our equipment. And short story, we would just really highly recommend Alex for anything to do with podcasting. He got us on Apple and Spotify and all those things too. Cause again, we had no idea how to do that either. Um, but yeah, we'll let, now we'll actually let Alex talk now that we've like talked him up so much because yeah, we're total fangirls as you can totally tell. Um, we totally adore Alex on all levels and this podcast seriously would not exist um, without his um, interference, a good interference <laughs> on a regular basis to help us yeah. actually not be complete idiots. I, I mean, we were, when, when Corona hit and COVID hit, we weren't sure how this was going to go. And he like told us how to get set up on zoom and how to make this work in the capacity we're in. So Welcome, Alex. You're a favorite, as you can tell. Thank you. I'm uh, I'm very flattered, and I really appreciate the huge tire pump. I mean, I just am hugely passionate about podcasting, and anything I can do to help other people make it happen um, is is what I'm here for. You even sound better than us with your awesome microphone setup that we now need. I to know. Doing this for a living is a big excuse for me to spend a lot of money that I probably don't need to on fancy toys. And the big microphone is uh, is just one of those fancy toys that this was an excuse for me to get that I didn't need. But so if you could see, if everybody could see Alex, he's like got the full like radio station microphone set up. He's got the the noise blocking foam panels in the back. He's got the earphones. Like he looks like he's legit. And Dakota and I are well. She's in her kitchen, and I'm in my den. And we look like we rolled. Up, well, I look like I rolled out of bed. And zero professionalism at all but yet alex is like he looks like what we want our podcast set up to be as a grown-up yeah we what ladies who launch will look like as a grown-up is what alex looks like right now i've been collecting recording gear for almost 20 years now so you know it's worth worth keeping that in mind that i didn't just uh you know hop into podcasting and have all the the fancy toys and tools it uh it took some time to get there for sure so Alex, tell us a little bit more about how you started Astronomic and, and kind of, we, we kind of know why, but 
where, where were you before? Like what, what caused you to become an entrepreneur? What kind of shifted your mindset to, to make you want to embark on this lifestyle? I mean, as as you sort of mentioned, like I've I've been involved in audio in some capacity for you know a very very long time. I you know as a as a teenager, I was one of those kids that was like big into playing guitar and everything else. And um, I I used my first big boy paycheck to buy recording equipment so that I could record the band that I was playing in and the bands that my friends were playing in. And I had actually wanted to go into um, into audio recording and post production as a career. And had looked at some education opportunities. And at the time, I couldn't really afford it. And I sort of fell into this job that I stayed in for a long time. And to be honest, I hated that job. Like, I absolutely hated it. And what what happened to me is what I think happens to a lot of people who have entrepreneurial ambitions, or, or even, you know, not necessarily entrepreneurial ambitions, but, you know, big ambitions for their career path, who maybe don't take the step is that I lied to myself. For 10 years, I lied to myself that I had missed my opportunity to, you know, get into this field. And, and you know, when I initially envisioned it, I thought it would be a different way that I'd get into the audio space. I figured I'd, you know, record people's bands and stuff like that, because I was a musician at the time. But I had lied to myself that I had missed my opportunity. And then in the fall of 2017, I had something disrupt my life. I had a brief scare with my health and I ended up in the hospital for, you know, better part of a week. And then I ended up on disability for four months and I couldn't work. And I'm a busy body. I needed lots to do. And uh, sitting at home on my butt for four months was really hard. In fact, sit- sitting at home on my butt for two weeks was really hard. And at the time, I was working on a hobby podcast with some friends of mine and so I just dove in and started doing more and more and more with that podcast. And, you know, it went from a, you know, basic five people on microphone sort of podcast to something with music and sound effects and in a big audio drama style. And it became a big production. And then I ran out of material to work on. And that was like four or six weeks into my four months of disability. And so then I started reaching out to other people with similar podcasts and just offering some help because I wanted something to do. I wanted something to spend my time on. And then there was a day that my partner had come home from work and she realized that I had been working all day. I hadn't left my desk for like 10 hours because I was helping someone with their podcast. And she had asked me why I wasn't doing this for a living. And I told her the same lie that I had been telling myself, that I had missed my chance. Wah, wah, wah. Poor me. I didn't go to school when I wanted to go to school. And now, for some reason, I'm stuck doing something I don't like. And she is much smarter than I am. And she recommended that I talk to this former coworker of hers who was working in um, in a sound design studio here in Calgary. They were working on some big Hollywood productions. And, uh, and so I reached out to him. And I told him I was interested in getting into the industry. And he said, Hey, I've heard your podcast. Your work is really good. And I thought, Oh, my God, this is so cool. And, and I was back and forth with him for, mm, I don't know, maybe a week or two, just sort of talking about what his work was. And they had this opening where they were looking for someone entry level. And he said that my skill set as it was, was definitely enough to get into that. And and because of some like logistics stuff, I, I figured out that I didn't want to work there, but I wanted to do this kind of work. And I told him that and I apologized for wasting his time. And he said, well, you should talk to the drummer in my band. He edits podcasts for a living. And I thought, 
people actually get paid to do this? <laughs> and then, of course, I realized that, you know, there's 800,000 podcasts on Apple Podcasts right now. And there can't possibly be 800,000 people out there who already have the audio skill set and are doing this. There, there, there can't be. And so I talked to the drummer in his band and figured out how he was doing things. And at this point, I had about four weeks left in my disability, which I didn't know at the time, but I knew sooner or later I'd be back to work. And so I started getting my ducks in a row and I, you know, registered my trade name and I got my website and my business cards and all my graphic design sorted out. And, and I had this plan that I was going to gradually transition into my business from my full-time job. And that when I was, you know, paying my bills with the same amount of money I was making at my full-time job that I would quit. And then I went back to work on my first day and honestly, not even before I had gotten into the building, I realized I didn't want to be there. And I emailed my boss and I said, I quit. And I worked out my two weeks after I came back from disability and that was it. Oh. And I never went back. And I had two clients lined up at the time, which I was really excited about. And then as soon as I finished my last day at my job, one of them changed their mind because they had something happen and they didn't have the budget anymore. And then the other ran out of money after three weeks and I had no clients and no job and a brand new business. And it was very scary. And I spent about six months floundering around trying to work with hobbyists before realizing that hobbyists don't have any money. Um, they, they don't have any dedication to the process. And, um, and with the help of some you know, really fantastic entrepreneurs, I, I managed to make a pivot into working with small businesses and entrepreneurs. And it's been, you know, two years of doing that now. And I get to pay my bills, uh, which is really great. And I love what I do. And, um, and I work with a lot of really cool people on really cool stuff. So that's, wow. that's how we got here. Yeah. Sorry. This episode of Ladies Who Launch is brought to you by Angel Kelly Health and Nutrition Coaching. If you suspect you have gut issues, you can sign up for a free health history with Angel Kelly at her website at angelkelly.com. And for our listeners today, we're giving away $50 off to any private coaching program with Angel Kelly using the code ladies who launch at checkout on her website. Wow. That's a, that's a really inspirational, amazing story, Alex. And I think after our uh, last podcast, I now out of like, just have this jolt of inspiration to be like, okay, no, I did that once too. I can keep going. Screw you, 2020. 2021 is going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. And it's, it's stories like that. And, you know, just hearing that people push through no matter what, um, and, and like the networking piece and, and keeping your people engaged that that's really good. But, uh, so in terms of scaling up, Alex, that's something I'm really interested in asking you about. So at what point, because I know I know that you're very busy right now and, and hugely successful because you're so fantastic. Uh, but I also know that you're a whiz at organization and, and like seemingly like when I look to you, I'm kind of like, this guy really knows what he's doing when it comes to running a business. So how did you learn how to run your business? And then my next question after that is, when did you know that it was time to scale up and like hire help and like get somebody in to kind of manage your day-to-day and administrative tasks? Mm, great question. I mean, being organized with with my business is something that I is thankfully a skill that in large part I was able to take from my previous career. Because I was I was working in management overseeing a team of about 12 or 15 people in the company that I worked at before. 
And so I had a, a lot of these organizational skills already. Um, but what I didn't have was the tools. And so it was really just a matter of me like figuring out what tools I needed in order to organize myself in a way that that I had already sort of built the habits for, which was, you know, a challenge for sure. And the first like six months or a year, it was basically just folders in my email and one big spreadsheet. And that got to be overwhelming after a while. And so I started to implement new tools. And at this point, my my business runs very heavily on Asana. Um, very, very heavily on Asana. In fact, if I didn't have it, I have no idea how I would uh, run my business today. We use it for everything from a CRM to project management. And we have 20 some clients whose podcasts we work on on a, on a weekly or biweekly basis. And, and we have to keep track of all of it and who's working on what and, and all of our deadlines. So um, Asana has been incredible. And then I also recognize that there are big limits to my ability to keep myself organized, particularly if I'm going to dedicate my time where it needs to be, which at this stage in my business is is largely sales and business development and, and client interaction. So I have an assistant who is phenomenal. Um, she joined my team, I think, 18 months ago. She's based out of Edmonton, and she makes it possible for me to do what I do. She's incredible. And then my, you know, my general scaling up, it happened gradually. Like I had, I think, three or four clients who I was editing for personally. I was still largely freelance, but I was, you know, taking advantage of of the services that my assistant was offering sparingly, like one or two hours a week. And I had this sort of, I don't know, I guess, tipping point where I I had this new client who I was bringing on. And I knew that if I was editing her show personally, I was going to run out of time to spend on sales. And, and I was still not quite at the point where I could like comfortably financially bring someone else on. And so it was a, it was a tough decision. But I did end up hiring on another editor um, as, a, as a subcontractor. And actually, right now, everyone who works with me is a subcontractor for now. But I brought on this other editor to to help with that show. And he worked with me for just about two years. And by the end of it, he was working on three or four shows. And he's actually just now transitioning into a, into a new career and doing a phenomenal job in setting up his successor to, uh, to take over the shows that he works on. But once I brought him on, it became a lot easier. And I started to get this idea of, you know, about what a single person's capacity was. And so at, at this point, I have... I think we've just onboarded our fifth editor other than myself. Oh. We're hoping that, that she can get started on some clients' work mm, in about the next two weeks. But, but it's been gradual. And, and it's largely because with the help of my assistant, I spent a big part of the back half of 2019 building systems that would allow me to scale easily. So we're, we're at a point right now where I could probably continue to scale about 5x from here before I hit growing pains again. But they're going to be big growing pains when I get there. Mm-hmm. So I sort of have this spreadsheet put together of like how soon this date is coming. And it, it, it evolves based on what our current workload is. But it's scary. Um, it's exciting, but it's very scary. But but I've been able to scale because I find good talent. And I find good talent because I pay very competitively compared to other firms in the same market. And so I'm able to get really great talent and and ask a lot of them. And, and they really knock it out of the park for our clients. 
So really, it's just that when you're delivering such a quality product, um, it's it's probably more of that word of mouth marketing, uh, filling your revenue pipeline and things like that, right? Yeah, it's largely word of mouth. I, I do a lot of work with referrals as well. I'd say the majority of our business comes from referrals from current clients or, or people on our network. But I do a ton of cold calling as well. Ton of cold oh, calling. Wow. Or I say cold calling. Largely, it's you know cold LinkedIn connecting. But yeah, we we use um, some marketing campaigns and some outreach campaigns um, using a tool called Meet Alfred to, to reach out to a lot of people over LinkedIn. Yeah. Okay, what is... I've never heard of that. What's Meet Alfred? Meet Alfred is um, is a tool that allows... taking notes. Yeah, take a look, for sure. It's basically a tool that a lot of really scummy people use to spam people on LinkedIn. And so if you don't use it right, you come across really scummy and uh, and gross and people don't want to talk to you. So you have to use it the right way. But I think that you know this is key for basically anything in marketing that your messaging is really important. And the way that you initially reach out to people is really, really important. So it, it's essentially a tool where you can target a specific demographic on LinkedIn. And then you can mass connect with people and start to interact with them. And so it's a very basic sort of chatbot tool where it begins the conversation with someone. And then as soon as someone replies, then it's up to you to swoop in and take over and interact with them. So yeah, I do a ton of cold calling with that tool. It's been very successful for me, particularly once I figured out my messaging with it. And I'll be honest that early on, I didn't quite have my messaging figured out with it. And a lot of the responses I got were rightfully very hostile. Uh, very, very hostile. And and it makes sense because there's a lot of spammers and scammers who use the same sort of tools to try to manipulate people into buying services that they don't need. So it took a little bit of learning, but I use it quite heavily now. And um, and that's been a, a big push for for 2020. And then... 2021, we're probably going to do a big push into probably Google ads and and potentially some LinkedIn and Facebook ads. But it's a little early yet to to know what those are going to look like. So being that you work specifically in podcasts and you edit and produce and and um, and upload uh, podcasts for mm-hmm. small business or people or whatever, how do you find, I mean, from a business development perspective, how do you find people who would be interested, like are, are A, are already doing a podcast or B, would be interested in a podcast? Because I find that really interesting too, because that's, a po- doing a podcast is a specific um, tactic that not mm-hmm. everybody would want to be doing. For sure. And I actually, for the most part, don't work with people who already have a podcast. Uh, one, okay. because they tend to not need me. Or two, because if they need me, they don't realize it. Or they're very attached to the price point at which they're doing things for themselves, which is free, basically. And and it can be hard sometimes to convince someone who's been doing something for free and doing okay at it, that they should make a significant investment in doing the same thing that they're already doing. As far as identifying people who could be doing a podcast, for the most part, I look at what people are doing with their social media. So I look for people who are heavily taking advantage of things like um, tools like Instagram Live or Facebook Live, or who are posting a lot of videos of themselves talking to their camera on LinkedIn because they're already doing similar activities or people who have very blog-centric activities. What I will often talk to my clients or prospective clients about is not using podcasting instead of any of these other avenues, but using it as part of an omnipresent content marketing strategy. So it's a great supplement 
for for strategies that are already really heavy on blogging. Podcasting is just blogging with audio. Yeah, it's also a great supplement for people who are already making really heavy use of video because they already get how it works. They get generating content. They get talking about what's important to their audience, but they might want more attention span. Or they might want something where they don't necessarily have to look their best when they create their content. Or perhaps they want something where they don't need to be quite as involved in the process. But it's very much, yeah, about identifying people who are already doing things right and who could add podcasting into their strategy to sort of supercharge things and, and, and take their strategy to the next level. And what are your thoughts on the current podcast landscape? Because even Dakota and I, we talked about doing a podcast for probably a year before mm-hmm. we um, actually jumped in and we were trying to figure out like why we'd be doing it and what's the purpose, all that sort of stuff. So you mentioned earlier, there's like 800,000 podcasts on Apple right now. That's right. Well, last, so, last that they released their data, which is about a year ago. So it, it's probably higher now. It, yeah, it'd be higher. But if you're um, Alyssa and Dakota or you're um, Joe Smith, who does all his Facebook lives and is um, super into blogging and all that. What is the what's the rationale or what's the 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 pitch, I guess, to why you should get into a podcast or why you should start a podcast? The big one is attention span, and, and part of it too is who your target audience is and thinking about what sort of media they consume. So, podcasting is very very popular with millennials. It's it's quite popular with the younger half of Gen X. And it's particularly popular with people who are university educated and who have a household income of over $100,000. So for a lot of people, that's their target audience. That's who they want to be marketing to. And then the, the other piece, as I mentioned earlier, is attention span. So if you think about the way that you use social media, if you see that someone shares a blog post, how often do you click on their blog post and read it? Read the whole thing, top to bottom. Never. Basically never. Blog posts are for SEO for the most part. Mm-hmm. They're very they're very helpful for SEO, but they're mostly for SEO. And if you think about what you do when you see a photo that someone has shared on social media, how much time do you give to that photo? Like less than a second. Less than a second. What about if someone who you're really engaged with already posts a video? How much time do you usually give their video? I would give a bit of time to their video if I'm really engaged. Yeah. If I'm not, it depends on the quality of the content. Yeah. Like 20 seconds, maybe max. If you're really connected to them, you might give them five minutes. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But with podcasting, for the most part, listeners don't feel like they even got something until it's 20 minutes in. And the average attention span for podcasting is as long as 40 minutes. And it's because they don't need to be visually engaged with the content. People listen to podcasting while they're on their commute, or if you're me, it's while you're making breakfast they're able to consume a lot more. And because they're hearing you talk about what you do or hearing you talk with people who are relevant to whatever the listener is interested in, they're going to build a lot more attachment to you and your brand. They're going to feel like they know you and they trust you. And it's funny because I often will you know, speak to a client who maybe I haven't talked to personally for a month or so, And they'll say, yeah, it's been forever since we talked. And I realize, oh my God, it has been. I hear your voice almost every day. And so I feel like I see you all the time or I feel like I'm talking to you all the time. And that's the same reaction that you want out of your target audience. And for the vast majority of people who work with me, that target audience is also their target clientele because they're using their podcast to ideally drive people down their sales funnel. They're using it to, well, pre-pandemic, 
sell tickets to live speaking events. Um, these days, sell seats to virtual webinars or sell a coaching program or get them further down the sales funnel to see a free downloadable or a course or, or whatever it may be. That is so interesting. And I'm just um, pulling so much great information out of this conversation. Um, and just back to community for one second. This is why Alyssa and I like to surround ourselves with people who are like smarter than us because then we can <laughs> isn't hard really. <laughs> no, but like, you know, people that are, that, that have a lot to offer. And that's, that's kind of why we started ladies who launch as well as we, like, mm-hmm. we really wanted to support our community. But, um, it's, it's funny how, how much information you can pull out of a conversation that you didn't even really think about. Um, I've got actually a client discovery meeting later today and I'm like, uh, Oh my God, that would be amazing for this. I'm going to go back and kind of add that into my strategy a little bit. And they should definitely get to know Alex because podcasting would be really great for them. That's something I already want to discuss with them, but Oh, uh, point a, B and C that I can now add to that argument. So Alex, tell me a little bit more just really quickly. I'm just really interested in this meet Alfred um, sure. <laughs> up on my computer. What I'd like to know is, have you seen? I don't know if you've done LinkedIn ad campaigns, but have you seen more success with this particular application than you have from LinkedIn ad campaigns? I know whenever I run them for clients, they're fairly successful, and it's the same thing. You've got to be really obviously cognizant of your messaging and your tone. Mm-hmm. That's my job to make sure that it resonates. Um, but I, I found LinkedIn advertising in and of itself to be very expensive. Interesting. I haven't made an investment in advertising yet. I mean, we we spent a you know a couple hundred dollars on Google Ads like way back in 2018 before I I really had the brand nailed down. But I haven't spent any money on LinkedIn ads yet. Probably next year I will. But what I can tell you is the cost is relatively low. You know, I think my total cost for the year of using this tool is maybe two or three hundred bucks. Like it's not it's not an expensive tool. It's a little bit labor intensive because I, you know, need to interact with a lot of people. But I mean, they're, you know, often people who can make valuable connections for me, or they're, you know, potentially prospective clients for me. Um, but the the tool is interesting, and 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 the way it works is essentially you like search for someone on LinkedIn. So you know, if I wanted to target people who do social media strategy, I could search for social media strategist on LinkedIn. And then set what level of connection I'm looking for. Maybe they're a second level or third level connection. And then I type in a welcome message that I want to send to everybody when I send a connection request. And then I type out a thank you message for accepting my connection. And then if they reply at any point, then I get notified about it. And then it's time for me to hop in and and do my thing and interact like a human rather than like a robot. And it's a you know pretty powerful tool. Um, it's relatively inexpensive. They have some, you know, more advanced features that I don't really need at this point or, or care to take advantage of. But I find that the response rate is quite high. I find that, you know, about 70% of the connection requests I send with it are accepted. And about 40% of those people, you know, at, at the very least, want to have a brief conversation with me. And we've brought on a few clients through that tool so far this year, I think, maybe five or six you know, it's definitely been a worthwhile spend. Yeah. More yeah. than paid for itself then. Like if you were on yeah. five or six clients. Well, and it, it paid for itself when we got the first client and anything from there was a bonus, which it has been for sure. See, like the things we're learning today and this is why, yeah, this is why as Dakota said, we hang out with people who are smarter than we are. But in the instance of time, um, if somebody's listening to this and they've 
they were, they're like us a year and a half ago and they're contemplating starting a podcast and they're, they're figuring out from their business perspective or a personal perspective, how they, what they want and all that kind of stuff. What is the, what is the pitch or the rationale of why they should go professional as opposed to trying to do it themselves and muddle through that um, right off the bat? Well, I'm, I'm almost not going to give you that. I believe that podcasting is a democratization of radio and anyone can do it. The reason they should work with a professional is if they don't feel like figuring it out on their own. Well, it's exhausting. I'm just going to put like personally, like Dakota and I tried to do it on our own at the beginning. And you quickly realize that the resource time it takes to upload and edit. And I mean, and we're both fairly tech savvy because that's what we do. Mm. But even we were like, okay, this isn't fun anymore. And I think if you're just starting a podcast and you're trying to do all this and you realize that like the fun part is the talking, but all the other stuff that goes into it, you're just like, well, it can be a hassle. Well, we're never going to get a podcast out if it's up to us to sit and edit these. Yeah, it can be a hassle. I, I mean, and I actually have, I, I've had clients where they are DIYers. They're doing it themselves. And we did a bit of consulting and training and, and then let them spread their wings and figure it out on their own. I mean, my goal is to help get people online. And if that means that they need my help, great. Like we, we help people in a variety of capacities, like anything from doing everything but speaking for them, all the way down to, you know, getting them set up and then just being around if they have questions. I really think that there's a lot of opportunities for people in this space. I I mean, we shared that 800,000 podcast figure earlier, which sounds intimidating. But we're a long, long way from peak podcast. The, the two most comparable media formats are blogging and vlogging. And there are 50 million active blogs and vlogs right now. So we're, we're at less than 2% the same penetration that, that the most similar media formats are in. And I think it's an awesome format. If someone has a message that they want to share, whether it's for their business or even just for fun, people should give it a shot. And if they want a little bit of help, I'm happy to help anyone. And and I'll give just about anyone like half an hour of my time for free just to help them feel it out and figure it out if they can make it happen on their own. And if they can, they should. Mm -hmm. But if they don't want to or if they don't have the skill set and they still want to make it happen, then we're here to help make it happen. And that he does. Alex will make it and he will be on the fly and at attention as soon as you need him. <laughs> it still blows my mind how quickly you respond to emails. <laughs> it's it's because I have a great team. I think we've talked about it, you know, before and we talked about it today, but it's because I have a great team. They make it possible for me to be available for for my clients to help when they need me. Well, if you guys want to reach out to Alex, you can find him at www.astronomicaudio.ca. We'll put all this in the show notes as well, but you can also find him on Facebook by searching Astronomic Audio. Alex is also on LinkedIn. And if you can spell his last name, you can find him on there as well. But again, we will put all of these items in the show notes. Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. As always, we adore you and uh, we look forward to continuing working with you down the line with both client referrals and us. Awesome. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on today. Awesome. Thank you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode. 